Welcome to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter. Whether you feel that you don't have enough money to start investing or are under the preconceived notion that investing is only for the wealthy, Magnus and his expert guests are here to help you. Now here is your host, Magnus Carter. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Making More Money for You show. I'm your host, Magnus Carter. And, you know, it's been a while since I did my last show. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, the last show was actually just about uh, just a wrap up in general and also the Comic-Con that I did over the summer. If you want to know about Comic-Con or any of the Comic-Cons or anything like that, see the last show. It's streaming everywhere. But today is a new year and we're actually going to do a different type of show because normally I don't have salespeople on the show. It's normally uh, people that try to get around salespeople <laughs> and also try to save money on otherwise. But on this show here, I have Joe Rocky Jr. Uh, let's see here. He is also a very, you know, an author, public speaker, uh, owner of Elite Business Conversations, and also a salesman at heart. Joe, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. And certainly there there is no reason to, to want to avoid salespeople. I mean, we were basically taught that from the time from birth that, you know, you're lied to. In fact, maybe you were supposed to lie to salespeople. And I live in a world where I firmly believe that sales will heal the world. And at some point in this conversation, everyone out there who's listening, I'm going to give you literally something that will change generations worth of your life and then those thereafter you as a result. But no, I'm absolutely excited and thrilled to come out here because I know that sales will heal the world. I know that there's a lot of greatness that come out here, but it's a challenge because, you know, most people want to avoid salespeople, just like you said, right? I mean, that's who wants to be stuck with the the overbearing, you don't get off this lot unless you buy my car. Who wants that? But that's oh. the world we live in. It's the world <laughs> we've been living in for a while. That is so true. I have actually have a couple stories about that because I'm actually in the market for a new car. So mm-hmm. we're going to hit up that a little bit. But before we get into the heavy topics about sales and how it's going to heal, how did you get into sales? What started you in sales? You know, how long have you been in sales as well? Uh, I've been in sales since I was 18. So what got me what got me into it, kept me in it, whatever the right way of answering that question is, is I got bit by the comm- commission-only lifestyle. Mm. And I was selling, you know, Cutco Cutlery, as many college kids out there do around this country of ours. And I was one of the very few that was good at it, completely admit that. But looking around and seeing what I was getting paid in relation to people that were doing the hourly type work, it was night and day. Now, granted, there's a lot of challenges with it because those paychecks aren't as regular, but that's what got me in with it was, you know what? This is a big check. It works very well. And ultimately, at the end of the day, I can control my life because of it. And in terms of financial freedom, there is no better route that's accessible to all people in all of the world of capitalism than sales. Because when you do it correctly, literally any person can do it. Granted, you'll need teaching and coaching to do it correctly, but there is no life skill that says, I need to get a super PhD like it would to be a surgeon for sales. But at the end of the day, the best salespeople are the highest paid people in the world. And that's that's the opportunity that sits before all of us and why even those sales is something that most people try to avoid. If you can do it and do it well, the world's your oyster. That is, yeah, that's, 
That's a great way to look at it. That's a fundamental way that I used to do it way back when I was in college because I used to sell, I used to work at the, uh, you know, a department store back when you actually had to physically go places to buy stuff. I used to work at Sears. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I can definitely relate to that. I was definitely commission-based. Uh, you know, they give you the little, what was it? It was like $3 an hour plus commission before you can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you're correct. If you were doing it right, you knew... One, uh, I do know you need to know your product, you know, mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch of different things we'll get into as well, but I was actually making more money than my managers that's been there for like 20 years and they were not happy about that <laughs> whatsoever. Well, it's the, it's the way that life is. It, it, it doesn't matter what financial report you're looking at. The most important thing is sales, revenue, cash, and it's all the same thing. Did a salesperson do his job? That is the every business in the world is dependent upon the sales industry. And that's just a fact of life. So I, I obviously, obviously I love talking about it. I wrote a book about it. You know, I, I do all this. <laughs> I, sales are my life. And, and, and there is nothing more meaningful when you do it right. And, and to me, this is the big difference about doing sales correctly or doing it the 1960s method. When you do it correctly, it is all about building a relationship and a connection with your purchaser, with your client. And when that is the case, it really doesn't matter who the person is in terms of any of the personas or avatars that the 1960s method pushes upon us. I don't care what you look, smell like. I don't care your religion, your race, any of that crap. It's all irrelevant. What matters is what is your problem and did I solve it? Did I make a difference to you? And around this country, people are spending billions of dollars to learn the wrong way of sales. Mm -hmm. And it's a fact because what do you end up with? Well, I can't get in trouble if I do the same thing as everyone else, even if it sucks. Well, that's what the 1960s sales method is. And that's why it's everyone. And that is the reality that we live in and why this conversation started with you don't like having salespeople on your show. I get it. I wouldn't want them either. Well, you're right. You know, it's it's a part of life. Is It's also hard to find the right guests to be the salesperson mm -hmm. as well. Uh, you know, I've, I was on your show, of course, uh, before. Uh, and that's, we'll put a link in the description below about that mm -hmm. and also your shows as well. Uh, but, you know, salespeople is like, even... You know, selling real real estate, selling this, selling that. It's all the same stuff. It's all boring stuff. It's 1960s stuff. That's one of the things where I thought after I read your stuff and actually being on your show, this is a different turn because we're not only doing basic sales and sales integration and sales, the proper way to sell people and how to actually build that rapport and whatnot, because I too have bought the sales scams out there on the world. I can name, I can name like five of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, they're they're you're right. They are scams, and all they do is they just give you follow our steps here, but their steps don't work. It works for them because when they did it, the market was not saturated. When we do it now, everybody and their grandmother's seen that. Yes and no. So so yeah, you're right. Everyone has the the, the twelve point system. Do these three things, whatever, and. I kind of equate that to, if you remember back to biology back in the day when the skeleton was hanging on the wall, mm -hmm. 
this this is the skeleton. You you need to have a form of a structure. You know, this is what you okay. need to do, and this is the order of fine. But you are right. It's not necessarily going to work in all situations because you need to be able to be adaptable, which really means you can't be a skeleton that's hanging on the wall by these rigid rules. Mm. You need to be able to put some flesh on it so it actually can be adaptive and work. And what that element is, is human relations and human connections. And that is the part that most people are afraid to even touch and talk about for all kinds of reasons, but not least of which is most people don't even want to address that within themselves. Right. I don't want to talk about the stuff that's scary to someone else. I like stuff scary to me. Why would I want to do it to someone else? And that is a major differentiation point that for those that are willing to do that, really make you stand out because a people want to connect to someone you know there's all these studies that the internet took off in its sales spectrum because people didn't want to be pressured into buying stuff if i go to ebay or if i go to amazon i might not be getting help but at least i'm not getting negativity and then futures fast forward some time and all that it comes out well people actually do want to see salespeople for important purchases not necessarily expensive ones, but important ones. So to give an example is you don't see online jewelry stores. You see people going to them because they're important purchases. And that is, is what I'm trying to get across here. As a business owner, you believe that your product is important and amazing, and you need to get that answer out there. But so many people just ran to the internet because it would be easier. I don't really know how to sell myself. So I'm going to go there where no one else wants to see a salesperson and it's going to work. Right. Well, now that my product's on Amazon, Walmart, and Target, all I am is a commodity. There's no nothing special about me. There's no way to make mm -hmm. myself stand out. In fact, I'm actually in hell because the only way Walmart's selling it is they lower their price cheaper than Target. And then Target lowers it to be cheaper than Walmart. And then Amazon beats them all. It's a race to the bottom. And I'm the one who loses because that's where I put my product. Yep. I, well, I found that out after doing Amazon FBA. That is one of the most horrible things to do because at one, Amazon has the majority of the products that are making money. And two, they could, they price match. It's, it's a numbers game. And if you can't get the supply chain going for you, you know, it's, it's just, it wreaks havoc and you're spending more time trying to fix things than it is the, the process of actually going and, when I had Will Bass on the show, when he was doing, you know, warehousing and whatnot and e-com, you know, he said that's one of the major reasons people fail is because they don't get the process right. They're in a hurry to get to market like we're, we're like we're talking about here. And then the market is flooded. Uh, they don't understand the marketing aspect of it. And they're not selling anything. And they're spending so much money doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it, it, it's real. And you don't need to go there to sell. I guess that's my starting right. point is you, you don't have to go to a pre-existing market to sell, which Amazon, Target, and Walmart are. You, you can do it yourself. And this is really where I come and help a lot of my clients. Yeah, I, I talk about sales all day. I love it. But really where I help is the business owners that are in that spot where this is not what it was supposed to be. This is not what I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not a psychiatrist. But what I do is I help business owners whose relationship with their business is broken. Okay. I do that by making the business better, but that's what I fix. So 
a lot of people in my world, it's they didn't realize their business was broke until other relationships started to break, like the ones with their kids or their spouse or their friends. And it's like, whoa, maybe I should see other people than just my office or the equivalent thereof and how the modern workplace is. And um, you're absolutely right, because people do. They, they, they go to Amazon. They, they think that they, they can make this work, and I can make a great side hustle into something. And then they they go all in, and then you start losing money, and then you mm -hmm. become more invested mentally now, and then you're physically anxious, and you just want it to work, and you just need to go, you need to go, and then you go, and then the whole thing crashes. And what a lot of people do is at that point, they just quit and walk away. And what I help people with is you know there, there's reality beyond that like we there's actually value in what you did let's make it actually come to life um so that like i said i i bring that as a ray of sunshine because when you're in that moment of oh what yes. the hell am i gonna do there's actually a a way out of it and making it successful and especially if you have employees that are dependent upon your success it becomes all the more critical oh absolutely owning doing the publishing and whatnot i have writers all over the world it's like i've taken wow that's a big cup of that's caffeine or is that beer that's or is that water straight water okay <laughs> caught me off guard there for a second Sorry about that. <laughs> no 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 worries uh no but at, at the point uh people write for a living i have i have extraordinary writers but if i didn't take the time to actually start grooming them and actually put the money into, you know, time and money into them to actually make great products. And, you know, the book's a great, the great product on the back end of things. You're right. It's going to be, you know, that the whole thing's going to be broken. Relationships going to be the part. Uh, I call them collaborations uh, because part, relationships, eh, it's up and down, up and down. I don't care about that. Collaborations uh, in my mindset is we're actually helping each other build up. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's a great way to do it. But, oh, to my point is it, it doesn't matter what industry, like you're saying, like Walmart or anything else, but it also comes down to the people, you know, you got to spend some time away from those people. If not, they're going to drive you batty. <laughs> well, that, that, that's something to the human psyche. There is some truth to that. Um, but yeah, no, no, you, you, you're absolutely light, right. Um, but life is kind of bounces up and down, just like you True. said about relationships and, you know, th th there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that this is something that maybe COVID has opened up a little bit. Like we should explore how we treat ourselves and mentally and all that standpoint. But there's a lot to that when it just comes with how do I build better relationships? How do I make my life better? How do I invest in the people? That's all conversations that you need to have. And unfortunately, I'm going to ask you a question here and, sure. and, and I'm going to ask you at that. It's not a trick question, I promise, but most people are going to have no idea how to answer it. But how did you learn how to be in a relationship? By people that were around me. That was the first one. And then and, two was experience. Exactly. So said another way, you just kind of went through life and picked it up and you were yep. never actually taught it by anyone. Right. You just yeah. see what was happening around It's. Did I look at a book that learned how to be in a relationship at that time? No. Should I have? Maybe. You know, I would have saved a little bit of, you know, turmoil, but uh, books are only guidelines. People that, a great series of books that are used for this instead of anything are gambling books. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's about money. It's about relationships. It's about everything else. 
But when they're trying to, those books, when they're trying to tell you, it's like, well, nine times out of 10, this will work and this will work and this will work. But you have to have like all the stars aligned. You know, the person outside has to have like five, five gold teeth sitting them with them. And you had to have your palm read for it all to work right. <laughs> you know, the, 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 there is something to that. As someone who wrote a sales dash gambling combination book, um, I, I think that, that that's a, a nice way of looking at it. Um, the, the, the reality I'm trying to get to here is that most people never learn how to do relationships at all. You know, we, we learn from those that are around us and we absorb it. Um, you know, th that's the way it is. So even if our original people, when we were kids, were horrible at relationships, mm -hmm. that's what we got. And right. we never really looked into what was a different way or how to do it. And that's why when you look at the title of my book, Casino Sales Master, so first two words <laughs> upon your things there, but the subtitle being Proven System to Beat the Odds in Sales in Life. That's really what I teach people is a system that will make your life better. End of story, because it'll make all your relationships better. And that's how life is truly gauged. It's it's not by any other metric than what are the quality of my relationships. You, know, you, you, you see throughout history, all these examples of people who had it all, money, armies, fame, mm -hmm. whatever. But when they went home at night, they hated themselves in the mirror. Exactly. And, and and you see vice versa, people who had barely any money living very happy and content lives and loving the person that they were. And really, it's a reflection of those relationships around you and what do you put into them and make them happen. So that's being said, that, that's where I wanted to take that take that here and let you know that because um, I think it's very important and meaningful. Oh, absolutely. And you brought up a good point, you know, earlier. Uh, we have a couple of minutes before we have to take a break. Uh have you noticed between before COVID and after COVID a different uh, shift in problems that arose that you were dealing with? Like pre-COVID, did you see like a certain set of uh, problems that were happening repetitively compared to after COVID? Was it the same type of problem? No, they're different problems. Completely for, for, altogether. For sure, they're different problems. Uh, because part of what we do is we leap business conversations. We're helping the entire entity of the business right. from no one knows who we exist all the way through a product is in their hand. And we keep it working. I make any business run successfully without the business owner involved. Said another way, I'm dealing with the entire culture of the entity in all capacities. And what you saw after COVID was people's relationship with work and to a degree money, I guess, mm. radically different. I mean, just radically different. Um, and what we did is, well, we adapted was saying we need to, to match, actually come up with successful. Because the true problem in most cases isn't that the guy doesn't want to not come to work. It's that the way that work is being advertised in your job description, the standard way we've been doing it forever, so we can't get in trouble, we're doing a job description like everyone else, is that it's not actually accurate. And you never get in trouble for it, so therefore no one ever looks into this thing. But the reality is, is that most job descriptions are very broad and vast. Mm. And when you're getting someone to advertise, come take this spot, most HR professionals just need to fill that spot so they go to the next spot to fill in and fill in. Okay. So your longevity there is not really the primary focus of the hiring agent. It's I need to hire someone and make sure that I don't look completely bad, but I, mostly I need to hire someone. So most 
hiring agents are able to read people, if not give you an outright personality test, know which portions of a job naturally incline to your personality, and then they just push them. Do they push them? They push it, they push it, they push it, even if that's only like 10% of the job. So what you have is essentially starting with a lie with the way that, that you built this business and the way that you hired someone. And really what you got to do is get that entire model gone. Yeah, it's different than everyone else, but it also works. And they has employees that actually care about you and desire to be with you. And it is a night and day shift compared to the, this is what everyone else is doing it. Run the ball in first down, run the ball in second down, throw it. Oh, it didn't work. Now we punt. All right. That's really great football, but that's what everyone else does. So you can't fire me. Well, okay. Right. You didn't make the playoffs. Let's move on to the next thing. Now, see, yeah. I, I've been finding the total opposite in the IT world. The job descriptions are that specific on what they want now. It It is basically they combine three jobs in the one. Honestly, the the list is like a two pages or can be up to two pages of specialties they want. And normally I look at the list. I'm like, okay, I can do all this stuff. But I look at the salary and the, the hours they want. I'm like, there's no way. Here's mm-hmm. that for what they're paying. It's absolutely. I'll, I'll be burned out in a year. And that's yeah. all they want is, is someone to make it till they can find that other person that I've been finding out as well. Yeah, it all again. It all depends upon what what structure you want with your business. Mm-hmm. I have found that the best way is to have employees that want to be there, and that the goal is not to burn them out. And you know, it, the the reason that you see the the burnout is normally rooted in distrust. You set it up front there. Mm-hmm. I don't trust that they actually are going to take care of my longevity of wanting me to stay mm-hmm. and to be able to make it work. You're able to identify and you haven't even gone to the first interview yet. Exactly. So if, if that's what you're telling out there for your employees, your employees ultimately are the manifestation of your company. What do you think the public's going to receive? You know, so, so this whole model of having three rock stars and put everyone around them doesn't work. And it, it's just coming time to realize this. This is why you're seeing an explosion of people just saying, I'm going to try it by myself. I'm going to be the solopreneur thing to just see if it works. And for some people, it does. Some people, it doesn't. I'm not criticizing mm-hmm. or, or celebrating that option. I'm just saying it's, it's a large reason you see it. The corporate hiring structure has failed, and it just took COVID to kill it. And now it's going to just take another 10 years to fully incinerate. But that's what's happening. Yeah, I, you can see it every day. With, uh, I get... With with that being said, I get at least ten calls a day on job offers all over the country. It's like, well, we want you on site. Well, we want you remote now. You know, as we're talking, it's when I look at them, and after I talk to the, either the recruiters or the HR person, I'm like, mm, no thanks, I'm I'm good where I'm at. Because even running a business, I still need income because the business has completely shifted everything over in the mindset, and we can definitely shift over in. The, in the second part of the show, how we can actually start shifting to get more sales to actually leave the nine to five because we're all Joe, we're already halfway. We're already at the end of the first segment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's like, we just started. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you know, that's why I love these shows. Uh, great dialogue, a lot of fantastic, you know, insight and whatnot of my guests and, the collaboration that we have and 
the conversations we have. Everybody, uh, I am your host, Magnus Carter. Uh, please stay tuned. We have a whole other segment with Joe Rocky Jr. from Elite Business Conversations. You know, we're going to get more into depth into some sales tactics and some actually personal experiences that we both had with salespeople and how to actually make the best encounter of a salesperson better for you. So sit back. If you're tuning in, stay tuned. If you're already here, thank you for being here. And we'll be right back. Everyone deserves the opportunity to have access to the knowledge to make their own choices when it comes to where their money goes. Listening to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter will give you that access. Investing isn't just for the wealthy. Making More Money for You. Podcast episodes available on demand on the Voice America Business Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. You are listening to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter. We hope you are learning a thing or two about making more money for you. Now back to the show with your host, Magnus Carter. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Making More Money for You show. I'm your host, Magnus Carter. We are on Voice America and being streamed worldwide on every single major platform out there. You know, first part of the, part of this awesome show is all about sales. Uh, building relationships, you know, what makes a good sale. So we're starting to get into what makes a good salesperson, you know, how, how culture has changed and business in general. It's like, it's all sorts of craziness out there. So welcome back to the show. Or if you're just tuning in, welcome to the show. My host, Joe Rocky from elite business conversations is here with me. Welcome back, Joe. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very excited. And in this segment, I'm excited to give people something that will change not just their lives, but all the generations thereafter that they choose to do this with. It, 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 it's very exciting to give you guys this nugget moving forward. But I don't want to. I don't want to skip ahead too far. So I know you had some 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 pre thoughts for us here. Oh yeah, absolutely. One of the best things is, you know, our cars are all going downhill. We got, had all this extra money from COVID. You know, some of us spent it already. Some of us weren't able to spend it. But the car industry is starting to make a turn for electric vehicles, and a lot, a lot of people want electric vehicles. And there's so much of an upside down in that industry right now. Mm -hmm. You know, my car is—I'm not gonna lie—my car is four years old. Yeah, four years old now already. It's a 2020, and people, the used cars market is still ridiculously high. You mm -hmm. know, it, it's very high of what you know what the average loss on a vehicle was it's very little right now but you know i had a i had an, a sort of an adventure if you will at a mitsubishi car dealership i like the outlanders i've always been a mitsubishi fan you know my car is a subaru forester right now mm -hmm. this is where we're at i went down you know cars paid off everything i went down to take a look at a car i have looked at maybe two years ago 
but the a new mo- the new models came out. You know, I went to I went there. Sales guy was. I went to like two different sales lots. First sales, mm-hmm. we'll just co- we'll configure uh, the worst of the two right now. So <laughs> <laughs> this guy takes the cake. Not gonna lie, I called. I made an appointment because they wanted an appointment because a salesperson reached out to me. I'm totally fine mm-hmm. with it. I got there five minutes after my appointment because I know they always. It's like a doctor's office. They're never on time. Ever, ever, ever. And if they, you know, it's all about the waiting game, all this other stuff, the, the mind tricks that they pull. Here to find out that the guy was still selling a car from a previous customer. I'm like, okay, well, how, you know, first question, how long are you going to be there? Oh, it's going to be a while. So he got me another salesperson. After mm-hmm. they figured out who my salesperson was. <laughs> because when I got to the front desk, they couldn't tell me who the salesperson was. <laughs> so I got this new salesperson and the car that I wanted was, you know, the Mitsubishi Outlander or uh the Eclipse crossover. The car is a motor, you know, it's a it's an auto mall. There's like five different brands in there, you know, they cross sell all the time. Mm-hmm. They set me up with this guy. I'm like, this is the car I'm looking at. The guy's like, I never sold one of those cars in my life. I'm like, I have no idea what it is. I'm like, you guys aren't supposed to do training on this. He's like, well, <laughs> You know, I'm normally in the Hyundai, you know, the Hyundai arena and all this other stuff. I'm like, oh, so I'm like, here we go. So brought the car out. I asked some questions about the car. You know, I know I did my research on the car because we have to do our research on there because if not, we're going to be taken, taken across. I asked them what kind of transmission was in that car. They could not tell me what transmission was in the car. Ugh. Then he pulled up the window sticker price. Window sticker, you know, the description, uh-huh. he showed it to me. I couldn't even read the window sticker thing because he, the way the angle was and where I was sitting, I couldn't read it off a screen. And he's like, well, here it is. I'm like, well, I can't read it. And then he started giving attitude. He's like, do you want me to go over it with you? I'm like, absolutely. He went down line for line, everything. He just read it off the screen. <laughs> so we got through that. I had a bunch of questions, brought the car around. I'm like, I need space. I'm like, I need to know how the uh, back seats folded down. He couldn't even get the back seats folded down in the car. And told me that it's a third row seating. It's like, well, how does the third person get in the third row? He's like, oh, well, they got to climb over the seats. (laughs) So that is the, you know, and they wonder why I didn't buy the car from them. But anyway. When a situation's like that, when you're dealing with that with such a big ticket price, when do you say it is enough before you waste any more time? Well, let's let's back. I, I would first say it doesn't matter what the price is. Okay. My, my starting point with this is whether it be any form of relationship. In this case, it, you're, you're talking about the relationship with a, with a toll with a to, with a car. Okay. If you don't foresee yourself using this. In a year now, granted, some tools are less, but if you don't see yourself here a year from now, don't be in it today. I mean, that, that, that's kind of the starting process. So, you know, you kind of made your mind up pretty early. You weren't going to buy a car from this guy because it just wasn't a fit for you. And it wasn't a fit for you, not necessarily because he knew nothing about the car, because there are plenty of salespeople out there who would have just been like, you know, dude, I know nothing about this. I'm being straight with you up front. What is it that you need? Mm-hmm. And I'll figure out how we can make this because maybe. Like I said, I'm a Honda guy. There might be something I can at least show you the Honda equivalent, and then we can figure out this here. And again, I'm not trying to 
turn you off oh. your Mitsubishi love or anything like that. Just okay. so like I know my wheel as to what you want, so I can like talk about it. And, and really, what you, what your difference is there is you were going down the way everyone was taught, the 1960s sales method of just deal with the product, deal with the product. It doesn't matter truly what the the buyer why the buyer is buying this at all we already know it hits a car of course he needs a car i don't need to figure out what he's going to use that car for so when you look at this it, it's it's a giant missed opportunity that we do in all sales venues it's first and foremost the product matters yeah i'm not fighting that mm -hmm. but if you think of it and i want you to just think this visualization in your head okay look at if you've ever been at an aquarium where you can see the surface of the water, but most of the glass is hiding the water so you can see the fishies and whatnot swimming around. Right. Most people's surface level problems are just that. They're on the surface. And people don't want to go down into the water. So we can be comfortable talking about the cars up here. Okay. But the water itself is your emotional reason for buying this and what's actually driving you to do it. Because at the end of the day, each of us have a different reason for purchasing this. This is why personas are stupid, um, is that it's the why that matters. That's what all the water behind that aquarium is, and you need to be able to be comfortable diving to the bottom and hanging out there in other people's ocean of their emotions. And multifaceted of this, the deeper you get, the harder it is because there's more water pressure on you. Mm -hmm. It feels more weird, like, I don't want to do this. And the only way you get comfortable doing that is a being comfortable in your own emotions, being comfortable within yourself. But also there is a degree of you got to practice it because no people will be able to tell immediately, like, this is weird for you. I'm going to shut down. Ooh, that's not good. But going through your example, you just wanted to be shown something the way you were always taught to be shown. It. But had that person gone through and go, well, you said Mitsubishi. Cool. Is there a reason? And then you'd have, personal reasons of this is why awesome so here let's just do the role play we'll let people say it so so why were you interested in, in, in mitsubishi well i already have a lancer i'm already familiar with it i've rented the car multiple times when i was traveling great okay. car to have and you know i fell in love with it it has all this cargo space i need for actually my scuba diving equipment awesome Awesome. And nailing the scuba example in there too. <laughs> too so, so awesome. So, so, so you, you need the, for the tier, um, you need it for scubing, but this is a lot. I mean, at the end of the day, we can get cargo in a lot of different ways. What made this one be the one that you love? The engine. Okay. You know, what, the, the, what did was, the engine do that was different? It, it's rated for at least 200,000 miles and has a lot of power and, uh, Mitsubishi stands by their product. Okay. So yeah, so you service. didn't say this, but I just want to make sure because I feel like I'm feeling it from you. Uh -huh. So essentially the loyalty and longevity is are big deals to you. Yes, especially with that. Okay. All right. So I totally get why you're looking at Mitsubishi and nothing by America. Got it. Okay. Um, so like I said, I know nothing about Mitsubishi. I get that you have figured out a lot about this. Mm -hmm. So at this point, I can either just give you this car. And I can just let you know, I don't know anything about it, but you seem knowledgeable. Or I can tell you about the Honda stuff that I know all about. What do you want to do? Now, see, I wasn't even given that option. I get it. But, but see, that, that entire process exactly. 
no that's going through the the the, the actual six. emotions why do you care about this mm-hmm. and then also dealing in reality you know mm-hmm. you no salesperson has all of the answers no one has all the answers right but you just deal in reality like I can do that. Like this is an option. I can give you the keys. Like you can have it, <laughs> but, or we can talk about stuff over here. Uh, but I bring that up because that experience, most people are unwilling to do those conversations. And even, even when we had it here, like, though, this is different. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> right. And that's what being in sales should be. It's not, you need to drive this, go get in a test run. You'll see it's exactly like you'll fall in love with this in two seconds. Go go do your test run now. Like no, it, it it's none of that implied pressure, make you wait crap or anything like that. It's treating people the way you want to be treated at the end of the day, and trying to dive into their ocean to figure out what's real. And when you do that, obviously there's a lot of elements to it. You find out what matters. Like I would have no idea you were into scooping. Um, <laughs> like just nailed that that reference, but um, but that's the thing that you find out about people. And then guess what? You have a deeper connection mm-hmm. and those deeper yeah. connections. And this is the, the, the fun part. No one goes underwater. No one goes in other people's emotions. So when you actually do do it, you stand out. Like that guy's going to remember back to you. Like, you know what? Go to that dealership. That guy got me. I, I don't remember why, but that guy understood what I needed. The real answer is because he got to know you, he cared about you a little bit, he had a little bit of curiosity in him. And how different that is from most situations where most people just panic and they go back to whatever their sales script are and do these five points and then just say it and hope it comes out okay. But there's no humanity. There, there's no flesh on, on the skeleton and it really gets you in, in the problem. So that was a, a very quick rundown, but that's how I would address it and how I have taught other car dealers to do this on a side. <laughs> but that, that's what you want to do. Oh, that's... <clears throat> absolutely amazing uh yeah because now i know what to look for because each car dealership every salesperson's different you know mm-hmm. this is this is what we want to be seeing this is how we want to we want to be confident and comfortable with the person that's trying to take our money from us because <laughs> everybody's trying to take our money everybody out there well that that's that's the starting mindset that's- problem that is the 1960s method i'm taking stuff from you mm-hmm. i'm taking your money when you do sales correctly in a way that'll heal the world, I'm giving you something just as important as you're giving me. I'm not taking anything from you. Right. I'm giving you a vehicle that you're going to now be able to scuba dive in. You know you're going to have peace of mind. You know you're going to have longevity. And what am I getting? I'm getting the ability to go help the next guy. Now, in this case, it's so I can buy another car to go sell someone else. But that's how every business, when it's done correctly, it is. And just from hearing that, you could tell the mindset difference. And normally I hate things about mindset because normally they're just fluff. They don't have any, anything behind them, but you can clearly see this is different and there's a lot behind it. So just as a caveat of me hating on my own words on music. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that is you have a, a system or a structure that you have people to look out for. Am I right? For sales and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So what what does that entail? Yeah, so I mean, at the, at the end, of it, it's all incorporated with the book. So okay. the the book, I literally tell people exactly how to do it. And I, the reason I did the book was because a, I totally believe sales will heal the world. And I really want to get it to as most people as possible. I know that as a consulting firm, 
it is not easy to become a part of my world. You have to already own a business. You have to have a desire to fix the relationship with it. By itself, I've eliminated a lot of people out there, a lot of people who could be really good at sales that we could help out. So guess what? It's accessible to anyone. A $30 book. Um, so you can go get there and, and be able to read it. And then I recognize that there's going to be some people that are going to want to have additional information and, and just have knowledge and, and a relationship with me and to whatever degree. So then I created a course that comes along with it. Okay. And literally in that course, you get every single step again, as well as drills and because it's a video mean it's some people are able to absorb that easier. Uh, but that that's what we did there is, is we made a complete online course that then comes with the ability to have one-on-ones and conversations about how to implement this either into your own personal sales life to grow your own sales goal. Or if you are a sales manager or an owner of business, you want to have it implemented to your team to make your company take the jump that as well. So that's all at casinosalesmaster.com is where you can find all of that fun stuff. Oh, cool. Well, it's easy to remember because casinos it. <laughs> the casinos in it. <laughs> Casinosalesmaster.com. That's right. Well, through your journey, this is one thing that I like to one question I really like to ask my guests mm -hmm. is the information you know now, the experiences you have now, what is one thing that you can take from all your experiences and knowledge and whatnot? that you would actually go back in time and tell yourself before you was, or just as about just about the time you're ready to start this journey. What would you, what advice would you give yourself? Um, probably do it sooner. I, I get that that's probably the most cliche answer that, that you could give there. But I think that one of the, the important things that is very hard with all of us, because it's the way our brains are built as just being people is that, we see the results, and as we look back in time, the results stain the picture. And it really makes it harder to see what it was like then. Mm. You know, for instance, okay. if you bring up a conversation about Pearl Harbor, it's completely different about someone hearing it now because they know how the war ended. We won it, and we beat the Japs. At that time, it was the most scariest thing in the world. There was no certainty. America's on fire. We don't have a Navy. Like that was reality on December 8th, 1942. You look at it now, it's not really a big deal. It's it's just really a bad movie is what it is now. Um, okay, and and that's that's a way of of thinking of it. So what I wish I, 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 if I could, would be telling myself it's going to work and that all this extra stress you are doubting yourself is wasted and meaningless. Um, and I get that there's a certain element that stress just means that you're real and that they, that you understand what's going on because most people don't see this either because drug companies don't make money on this fact is that stress is your relationship with your future self. And when you, what you view that future self to be is you don't like it. So your subconscious is making you feel different things in your body, shortness of breath, pain, whatever. That is what stress is. It is your subconscious afraid of your future, period. And by the way, pain is your subconscious letting you know your past is different than your present. And sometimes that's very a good thing. But at the end of the day, that's what those two words actually are. They're relationships you have with yourself. And to a degree, 
stress can be very helpful. You know, you, you, you need to change something. I need, I know I need to do this. I'm getting a panic attack. I need to do something. Um, so it's good in that regards, just as knowing that something is different is important. All right. My legs messed up. I shouldn't put weight on it. That's pain. Okay. Um, you know, it, th these are all important facts to know, but unnecessary stress, unnecessary doubt, worry, whatever is not helpful. And that's why if to answer your question, my present self talking to, to a former version would basically just be, it's going to work out. And, and, and to, depending on how long I can have to talk, why, but just that simple sentence, it's going to work. I think that, that knowing that would, would, would have changed a whole great deal. Wow. That is definitely one of the pearls of wisdom that I've heard multiple times, different, different aspects, different variations of it, if you will. But yeah, everything is, I agree. Everything will work out whether it's good or bad or otherwise it's going to work out the way it's supposed to work out mm -hmm. <laughs> and we all make choices to figure out how that's going to happen but you know changing oh that this is a good question mm -hmm. in sales when is it the right time to change sales strategies well it depends upon how you define strategy um you should, with an individual prospect, go back to the default rule. If you don't want to see yourself with this person a year from now, stop it right now. That's okay. on a prospect to prospect level. We're not meant to be perfect fits with everyone. Except right. that that's part of life. It will make your sales okay. journey better, knowing that. So that would be the first answer. But you should change your overall way that we train our salespeople or way that I go about sales if you get any indicators, again, from within your body that say, I'm doing it wrong. And the way that your body tells you that is you get a weird taste in the back of your mouth. Hmm. You get pains that aren't structurally caused, like back pain or neck pain. Um, you get something just irking, like a thought that I need to do in the back of my mind. All of those are indications that you're doing it wrong and it's time for a change. And then that's, of course, there's the obvious, we're not making any money, we should try something different. Um, I mean, that, I don't <laughs> want to ignore the elephant in the room, but assuming right. that you have something that's successful moving on, when you think about your sales career and the way that you do it with your eyes closed in a moment of silence, and you're feeling any of those indicators that something's off, that's an invitation for your body, from your body to explore the issue deeper. And quite frankly, that's applicable to every issue, not just your, your sales situation or whatever. That's just how our brains talk to us. Um, it's just the way it is, whether we choose to listen to it or not, because the logic side of your brain is always on. The subconscious is fighting to be heard like a kid in the back seat that has to jump over the middle rail to get there. Yeah, that guy's a little, little bit of a pain. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. that That's a calling to address something. And... Um, and that's actually kind of a segue into uh, to what I, I want to share with the audience here. So, sure. so often in life, you will hear various salespeople give you that kind of advice that I just gave there. Try to analyze what's going on and then take it to the next step. Write it down. Start doing journaling. And that is fantastic, by the way. But the reality is, is that most of us will stop doing it as soon as things get all right or mm -hmm. back to the, the baseline. And that's life. I understand that. 
this is something you actually can do that will push you through and make a difference for all those beyond. And every single one of our phones have this capability. Even if you have an old flip phone, all of them have what's called a voice memo app. Brands call it different thing. Long story short, you're recording yourself for some future date. And what the, the, the task is, the invitation is, however you want to think of this, is you're going to be giving a message to someone who you care about, presumably one of your kids or grandkids, that you want to tell them. And then every month or every two weeks, depending on how frequently you want to do it, you address a different message that's burning inside of you. And you are simultaneously going to cover the need that is solved by journaling. You're going to talk about an important problem, but because it's to an audience that's not yourself, you will keep going it. So going back to a question I asked you in the first segment, mm -hmm. how do we learn? This is a way to learn. This is really what dad or grandpa was going through in their life. Obviously, I was a kid. I have no way of picking up on that when I'm four years old. Or I have no idea why mom hated the first boyfriend I brought home. But you can have adult conversations with that, you know, when they are whatever age appropriate. Then you just give them the content when it's age appropriate, obviously. But you talk as if you're going to talk to them when they're that age. So even though they're okay. four years old right now, you're planning on giving this to them when they graduate from high school. So I'm going to talk to you like you're a regular dude in college. And what you will do throughout that process, A, you'll get all the, the, the self-benefits of the journaling elements that I went through outline. But what you're going to hand to your kid or your grandkid is this is real life. It was messy, but this is how it was solved. So you know your perspective of a child's brain growing through this and seeing the hardships from the child perspective. This is how, as an adult, we tried to do it. These types of conversations used to be commonplace in all families really prior to World War II. Definitely mm -hmm. um, something that is going away, and it's going away more and more rapidly, is that either A, you're trying to tell children adult things that their minds are not capable of and overwhelming them, or B, you never talk about it at all. Right. And the real answer is you need to do it when it's age appropriate. But the, the reality is when they're whatever age it is in the future now, when they're 18, there's going to be stuff going on then that you're going to forget about. But if you wedge out 10 minutes, five minutes in your car on the drive home and leave a voice message for your future son, you are going to give him a toll that will radically change his life. How did you know to talk to this person or interview that person? You know, I had a really bad sales call today. This is why it didn't work. This is what you should never do. And also, by the way, he's going to hear you at whatever age you are now. Okay. So he's going to see you 20 years from now, which it's easier to write off. If he hears you like, I'm in my 20s going through this. This is what it is. It's much easier to relate and connect with. So... This is a practice that I've never heard anyone else talk about and something I certainly want to share with people because it really is life-changing for yourself for all those personal reasons, but it is infinitely life-changing for the child 
And it's a way that you're basically giving them a head start in their adult life that otherwise you would forget. I mean, that's just the way it is. You're not going to remember every detail as you would in the moment. Even if you're talking about something that happened two weeks ago, you'll remember it better now than you would then. And like I said, it could be something personal to you. It could be something macro. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. You will naturally have the answers come out of you and it will change everything. For generations, because then they have it. Now it's an expectation for them to do in the future, so on and so forth. Yeah, that's actually quick uh, story. I was actually at a wedding. Her uh, father passed away of a terminal illness, and he actually did that for his daughter. They actually played it on his wedding day, on her wedding day. You know his words and stuff, and it was it was uh, surreal. You know mm-hmm. to hear that. And to do that for business and everything else is absolutely, I completely agree. You know, it takes a little bit of time now, but to help out in the future, just like that's the way I wrote my books is all the information that you wish you knew back when you're starting out of high school to make you more money for you stuff. That's why I got into the show like this. And that's why you're still doing sales is because one, you're helping to actually make that really to solve the problems that people are coming to you that want, need something. Uh, and on top, you know, it's, it's right. We each help ourselves, each, each other, if you will. And a lot mm-hmm. of that's been gone away because it's been taken away because of technology. Cause not everything's not taken away like that. Um, we have a couple, like two minutes quick. Mm-hmm. What tools would you, re- what three tools would you recommend for a salesman that's starting out to use? Um, you said we only have three minutes. <laughs> yeah, we only have like three minutes left. <laughs> okay. So uh, the, the first thing is you have to be able to communicate. Okay. You have to be able to be comfortable in emotionally tense situations and you have to be confident. Those will be the three. Awesome. Wow. Uh, Joe, if we want to know more about you, your speaking, your books and whatnot, where can we find you? So you can find the books at casinosalesmaster.com. You can find my consulting firm at EliteBusinessConversations.com. And then you can also obviously find me on, on LinkedIn and, and all that fun stuff. And, you know, just as, as an invitation to people out there, if you do reach out to me on LinkedIn, I am very open to do networking um, with people. I typically used to charge people. I still do charge people to do that, actually. But if you guys mentioned that you were here on the show and that's how you found me, we will waive all that and we'll just have a chat, which basically boils down to how am I able to help you? If I am able to help you, great. If not, give you an answer or a person who can lead you in that right direction. And I love having those conversations with them. So just mention that you saw me here on this program whenever you send me the LinkedIn connection, and then we'll go from there. Uh, Joe, thank you very much. That's a that's a real, you know, when people start doing that, they actually value what they're contributing here and how much the show actually helps people. I appreciate mm-hmm. that for all my listeners. Everybody, we are at the end of the show. Thank you for tuning in from either the half, wherever you're tuned in from, uh, whether it's on Voice America or any of the streaming services. Much appreciated. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, you know, feel free to reach out to me, mcarter at lpspublishing.com. If there's a show you'd like to see or you want to be on the show, just send me an email and we'll gladly take a look at that and get back to you. Until next time, thank you for tuning in and have a safe and healthy uh, time.
We are so grateful that you tuned in to Making More Money for You on the Voice America Business Channel. We can't wait for our next show where we'll bring you even more tips and tricks to increase your financial success. Until the next time, take a look at some shows now streaming 